The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 504 got a first timer joining me on today's show and uh he's a good one he's a really good one i had the pleasure of talking to this this individual at uh justin mason's pot of palooza it was one of the more fun things i have done in a long long time it was an absolute blast um and i think people enjoyed it uh, greatly you can find his work his written content over at rotoballer.com doing baseball and football or soccer as uh, some call it so you can check that out as well he's on twitter at baseball underscore jimbo Jamie Steed, how we doing, man? I'm good, thank you, Papa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I'm not even joking. I had an absolute blast on that uh, panel. That was that was so much fun. I think we all laughed quite a bit, so that was a good time. It was. I was much enjoyed. I normally enjoy it, but it was especially more fun. I think this year, so it was, it was a great blast. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, before we get started, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on, like between the soccer and uh, the baseball and all the stuff over at Roto Baller? Yeah, so I'm exclusively at Roto Baller. I do the cut list every Sunday uh, where we just cover players that are on the brink of being dropped, worthy of being dropped, or pl- you know, guys you might think are worth dropping, but actually they're not. So we go in quite depth with 10, 12 names every week. And like I said, I cover the uh, soccer, the P- English Premier League. Every week we do a full preview of all 10 games. Uh, 
bit bit of bet, betting tips, uh, season long and DFS fantasy on that as well. So a little tip bit on every game for that as well. So that goes out every midweek ready for the Saturday fixtures and then the cut list every Sunday morning. Outstanding. Um, how often do you go to a Premier League match or just a soccer match in general? Because I had the luxury of going to a PSG match when I was in Paris and it's just soccer in Europe, as you know, obviously, is just a, a different animal. And I had to do it as a sports fan and it was amazing. I'd love to hit the EPL up one of these days. So how often do you get to go? Well, I've been going to Arsenal since I was five years old. So awesome. that's for 33 years now. So I age myself, but uh, every home game. So Season starts in August, runs through till May, every other week, pretty much a couple of midweek games. Like tonight, I've literally got back from tonight's game about 15 minutes ago. So a little horse in the throat, but uh, it was worth it. So, yes, it's a long old time, been traipsing to Arsenal games and back. So highs and lows as any sport, but on the up at the minute. So it's a bit more enjoyable. That's outstanding, yeah. And uh, you didn't age yourself. We are the same age. I actually turned thirty nine in like a month, so uh, okay. we're, it's all good. We're uh, you beat we're, me to it. <laughs> yeah, we're the we're the elder one. Well, I haven't got there yet, so we'll see. But uh, we're, <laughs> we're we're the el- we're some of the elder ones in this world. So yeah, that, definitely. So, uh, lots of fun there as well. But uh, let's talk a little baseball. And as uh, Jamie mentioned, he writes the cut list. I think it's a it's a great article for many reasons. He gets into it and gets some great information. But like you mentioned, it's. Um, Sometimes it's hard. It's one of my biggest things I talk about is when to get rid of a guy. It's like sometimes you hold on to him too long. Sometimes you cut him too early. It's such a fine art that we'll never master. But it's a it's a great uh, conversation. At least get your mind in the right direction. So let's talk about a handful of guys, some that might come out in your article this weekend, some that came out last weekend, and we'll see where it takes us from there. But we'll start with one of the big names that everyone's talking about is Josh Hader. Uh, literally one of the best closers in baseball about a month ago. And it's all spiraled downhill uh, right before he got traded. Since he's been traded, he's lost his closers gig. Nick Martinez has got the last three saves. Little hiccup last night. We still got the save. But um, what are you doing with Josh Hader? Because he's such an elite talent. But uh, right now, he doesn't have a gig. He's included in this week's article. And as a spoiler, I recommend, on the most part, cutting him, which is hard to do. But the reality is we've got four and a half weeks left of the season. He's got to earn a close of old back. That could take 10 days, two weeks of dominance. Are we even going to see that sort of dominance again? I'm not convinced. So best case scenario, he's on your bench. You're not starting him. It'll take another week and a half for him to be good again to get the close of old back. And then you're looking at two weeks worth of saves possibly. Is it is it worth it? Is, it, is this, At this stage of the season, are likely as you need to chase, you need to catch up, you need to do something. So it's just a dead roster spot at the moment because um, you just you, you're not starting him because you're not getting anything from him. He's not getting saves. Yeah, you're getting some strikeouts, but he's given up three, four, five, six runs at an outing. So there's just no fantasy value with him at the moment. If it was early six weeks ago, a month ago, I'd say yeah, hold him, stash him. Even now, if you've got a deep bench in dynasty, I wouldn't be looking to drop him. But in redraft leagues where you just haven't got that bench spot. It's just no value keeping him around at the moment, so I've got no problem cutting him. Yeah, it's it's probably the right move here. He's made seven appearances since joining the Padres on August second. He's only thrown four and two thirds innings. He's allowed twelve runs, um, eight strikeouts, and seven walks. It's been downright nasty when it comes yeah. to, uh, to to Josh Hader right now. So now what we're used to seeing a twenty percent walk rate is is insane for him. Still getting the swinging strikes, but it's just there's no control. It's it's a rough go for Josh Hader. So I'm with you. Um, now as Nick Martinez, obviously he's got the last three saves. Looks like to be the guy, 
But there's other options in that bullpen. Are you going to try to be aggressive if you need saves this weekend on a guy like Nick Martinez, or is it kind of a you know be timid? Because I still think eventually Hater finds that job again. So uh, how how do you approach that? Yeah, uh, if I'm desperate for saves and I've got Hader and I'm cutting him or need to get get something into a place, and then I would go quite aggressive on Nick Martinez, but I wouldn't be blowing everything on him. Like I said, he struggled a bit last night. He's not exactly locked in for the close of, I think, was it Garcia got one mm-hmm. a few days ago before Martinez got the last three. He pitched well last night, setting up. So he's lurking. I'm not convinced Martinez will just run away with it for the next four or five weeks. So, yeah, I'd be nibbling on him, but I wouldn't be going all in and expecting sort of 10, 12 saves the rest of the way. But, you know, a handful of saves... Solid ratios, decent strikeouts. He's he's not going to hurt you, hurt you. I don't think so. I'd be going in on him, but just nothing too aggressive. Yeah, I'm 100 with you. And right now the Giants are down two in the eighth, I believe it is, or seventh or eighth. So we'll see who gets the save potentially chance. I doubt it'll be Nick Martinez. He's pitched three the last four days, so maybe we get a Luis Garcia in there and they could sneak it in. So we'll see how that plays out with San Diego. But I'm 100 on board with you on That's that you. one. Yeah. So um, it was five five to one when I got in, so there's an improvement <laughs> chance yeah, of coming back. It's in. five to three. They're, they're trying to do something here on. They got the Musgrove a bit in the seventh, but they're my team, and I just lost yeah. all hope. So it is <laughs> it is what it is. There. Um, there. Before we get any further, I, I probably you know should have said this out the gate. You're doing pretty good in TGFBI, aren't you? Yeah, I've slipped out the top ten. Last time I checked yesterday, I was eleventh. So That's still pretty good. Yeah, still pretty solid, but I was. It, it was one of those weird anomalies where I was second in on my league behind Jeff Zimmerman, but I was still first overall for about okay. a, a week. So that sort of sent the, the community a, a bit of blaze on how the hell that could happen. But you know, it's, it's one of those anomalies with those sort of the, the tournaments. So uh, yeah, I was in first. I slipped away a little bit. I had a three-day spell where I think I got like two runs and three RBIs across the whole team. So I just plummeted to like seventh or eighth, and I'm bouncing around. A little bit, but yeah, it's, it's been a good season so far. So hopefully, I can push on and try and at least make a challenge towards the end of the season. That's outstanding. Yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter. I was like, "How the heck does that happen?" That's a <laughs> that's impressive. That shows the, that goes to show you the overalls are just a, a different yeah. animal on how that all takes place. Definitely. Uh, back to the list here, Thyro Estrada, talking to my Giants. I think he's actually at the bat right now as we speak. Um, it's been a, a rough go of late for Thyro Estrada after being really, really good, a little bit of power. He had some power, had some speed. He's looking like this all of a sudden, maybe 2020 guy of things went great for Thyro Estrada. He's hit the skids here of late and giants are kind of getting healthy, but that always ends at any moment. So what, what are you doing with a guy like Thyro Estrada, who if he plays every day, was showing some great potential, but he's kind of, that potential is drying up at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's been solid, but not spectacular. I think the giants have sort of scuffed along a little bit. Of late, which obviously hasn't helped, and they tinker with their lineup so much with matchups as well. So you see guys who get a couple of at bats, and then they get pulled in the fifth sometimes. That's not affecting too much, but it's just so much chopping and changing. It's hard to really trust many of the Giants players. I still believe he can have a solid end to the season. I haven't. He's, he's in this week's yet, and I've not sort of quite pulled the trigger on confirming he should be dropped or not but at this stage of season like with any guys if there's specific needs you have you've got to chase stolen bases catch up in strikeouts whatever you need to just pick up guys whoever can help with it a star is not someone i'm desperate to hold on to so it's a situational thing um i think he can 
pick it up a little bit. I think he can still contribute sort of across the board, but he's not someone I'm desperately thinking I've got to hold on to because he could be a game changer. So he is droppable. Um, in deeper leagues, I think the positional versatility is a lot more valuable. So I'd consider twice in sort of 14, 15, 16 team leagues. But on the, on the whole, he's, he's a borderline at the moment for me. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. He's one of those guys you look at and, you know, you can get right real quick and you can get you a couple homers and a couple steals and and have some fun there. But at the same time, he's also crushing you right now. So it's kind of a, a tough a tough go with him. And you got to think about what's, what's on the wire and you never know. Uh, and the Giants as a team, like you said, are just a, a disaster right now. So um, I was trying to be kind, so yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to hold back the punches. We're good. We're friends. It's, it's, it's all good. You, you, can, you can let her rip. It's no worries. But um, it's 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 tough. It's tough these days. So I like Thyro. I like him for the future. I'm curious to mm. see what they do there. But the other part you mentioned is they're always playing those platoons. And as long as Crawford's healthy for now, it just ruins it. When Crawford's out, yeah. then it's, it's game on. But uh makes it a little tricky right now. So I'm 100% with you on that one. Craig Kimbrell. This one's interesting because he's been up and down a lot lately. Lately, though, he's got like four straight appearances with no runs allowed, which is new for Kimbrell. But it's always a tightrope walk. Tightrope yeah. walk when it comes to Craig Kimbrell, and there's some decent relievers in the wings. So what are you doing with Kimbrell? We know the Dodgers are great. They're going to get tons of chances for either saves or, or late-inning production, but how are you approaching him? I'm holding him, but I'm just conscious. I mean, the Dodgers haven't confirmed any change in the hierarchy. They haven't said Kimbrell's coming out like, like Hayder. The Padres have said he's getting lower leverage work. That's it. He's not going to be closing games. We've not had that from the Dodgers, and you know he, he still does get rolled out. He has picked up a little bit of late, but like you say, you can't trust him game-to-game basis. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, but the Dodgers, I think, is one of those anomalies where you actually prefer them to have a tougher schedule because it's closer games. Like the Mets this week, they've got a series. I think they've got the Padres. They've got some uh, tougher games coming up. It was just blowing out the Marlins and whoever was coming up. To, you're just not getting any save opportunities because they're up by seven, eight, nine runs every game. So you're not really. I don't think he's got many saves of late, um, but He's still, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, their closer. So it's it's hard to drop a guy like that. And I, I'm still sticking around with him until there's a, a specific change. We, you know, we get news from the Dodgers that hey, we're going with a committee, or you know, he, he's going to take some lower leverage work on. Then I'm still holding him until such time comes. Uh, if you had to, would you go for Evan Phillips, Brewster Gatterall, or is it just like I don't know if I want to mess with this situation. Uh, I'll go. I'll go with Nick Martinez. So, <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, I, I, I just don't. Know. I mean, I don't think the Dodgers know who they're going to go to on a day-to-day basis. So, okay. how are we going to know? So, yeah, it's a situation. Unless I'm absolutely desperate in deeper leagues, I yep. think I'm just leaving it alone for the That's time good. being and just seeing what pans out. That's a good call. And Blake trying in. I, I wouldn't expect him to close, but he's even no. due back pretty soon. So, just another arm to put in the back of that bullpen if that could uh, muck up the situation. Yeah, I mean, gun to the head, I'd say Gratterall would probably get more saves between now and the end of the season. But again, it's just a pie in the sky guess at the moment. I really don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. I'm with you there. Um, Let's go to Seattle. This is an interesting one because Ty France is having a great season. And uh, it kind of slowed down. Then he got hurt. He returned on August 5th. And since August 5th, he's in a a buck 73 with three home runs. Uh, he's got five hits in his last two games, and two of those were home runs. So that kind of makes the stats look a little better. Uh, they were a lot worse even before that. But this is a guy that we were counting on time and time again. Hits uh, either second or fifth most days in that Seattle lineup, a pretty decent Seattle lineup. But um, maybe he's getting healthy after these last two days. Maybe he's just a, a good two days. So how are you looking at Ty France, who was a must-start for a long time, and now it's very, very sketchy? 
that's it. I think if you said to me last week what you're doing with him, I would have said I'd be happy cutting him because like I said there were stories coming out that he still wasn't healed up, he was, he was playing hurt, it is everything has just plummeted, there's no power numbers coming from him, the average is just cratered. So you see, well, what's the point? And now the blue he's hit home runs in back to back games with five hits. And it, it does get the mind thinking, well, actually, is it is he getting healthy? Is it just mm. he's just found something that he can work with that gets through without causing any pain. I don't know. But if you've stuck with him this long and you finally start to get a couple of results, then I'd be sitting there thinking, well, why, why would I drop him now? So I'll probably hold on for a little bit to see if he can continue. I'm not expecting home runs every night, but if he can continue to pick it up again, he could have a solid enough September that actually, you know, he could really carry you through the final few weeks of the season if you did hold on to this long. So I don't really don't like basing decisions on small sample sizes and two, three games is the smallest you're going to get. But I said, if it, the fact that he was hurt and he was playing hurt and it was quite obvious and now he's come alive the last couple of days, it, you know, it's, it's got me thinking that he is actually healthy or healthier or something's happened that he can actually swing about properly again. So I'm holding on for now. Any signs that actually he's still hurt or, you know, if he does just go hitless over the next five, six, seven games again, then I've got no problem pulling the trigger on him because that's it long term. Yeah, I'm high on him again next season. But if it is an injury that's causing his problem, yeah, I've got no problem in dropping him if he carries on struggling again. And that's a great point. I think a lot of it is injury related. So maybe he is getting healthy. So it's tough to... uh... Like you said, if he's healthy and he stays healthy, well, that, that's a big asset for the last month of the season. So see what happens this weekend. Maybe you make the decision this Sunday. Maybe you wait one more week. But um, he does have the ability to, even in the final month of the year, hit you five or six home runs and just really, if not more, and go through a tear, which could be tremendous. Like I said, that lineup is very good compared to what we thought it would be, and they're competing for the playoffs. Like It's, it's a good ball club that uh, should have some nice games up ahead for France if he can uh, stay healthy. Yeah, and he's a good example of – the situation all in the actual team because obviously the Mariners can't afford to just bench him and, mm-hmm. you know, plug someone else in who's going to do nothing. So they're in a, a chase for the playoffs in a wild card race. It, they need to, they need him out there as often as possible, even if he is below his best or you know, he's probably going to be better than whoever they've got on the bench. So it's a case of if he was on the nationals, then obviously I can see him chuck him on an IL or just sitting in for the rest of the season. So it does play a factor into, you know, what, what team these players are on and what their situation is, what their status is, as to whether they are going to be playing or not, and therefore are worth keeping or cutting. Yeah, 100%. Great call on that one. Uh, Luis Urias, uh, not quite like Ty France, but similar. As a guy that we were like enjoying, he's got both a position eligibility, he was playing every day, was being productive. Brewers got a little healthy, so he doesn't play every day now. He's kind of back into a platoon role. And the production's been down, hitting adult, uh, 153 in the, in the month of August with two home runs. Um, he still walks a decent amount, gets on base, scored eight runs, nothing crazy, but uh, the production is definitely taking a hit. So, uh, to me, it feels like he's probably a drop, but again, it's one of those tricky ones. What do you have with Luis Urias? Yeah, I mean, this one hurts because I was super high on him this year. Like, I bold predictions he was going to be a, a star, he was 30, 35 home run hitter. I, I was all in on Urias this year, and it's just it's not happened, not said. And, I think, again, in deeper leagues where that positional versatility is more useful, um, you can keep him around. He's still got a bit of pop, but like you say, he's not playing every day anymore and his, his average has plummeted. He's done it throughout the season. He's, he, 
I say he hit like two eighty in July, and you think, oh, he's coming back, he's he's performing again, and then this month, August has been dreadful. So he's. I, I just don't see any real value to keeping him around in anything but the deepest of leagues. So I've got no problem cutting Arias at the moment. Yeah, that's kind of the, the consensus there. I think you're going to have to, unless it is the deepest of leagues, and see where he bounces back from. If he gets going, you can probably still pick him back up uh, in your shallower leagues and see where that one heads to. Yeah. But uh, Brewers are getting healthy. they got a lot of guys that rotate around that infield. So like Colton Wong starting to hit well. You have Jace Peterson. Pretty much Peterson and, and Arias can just platoon each other. So that's a yeah. that's a tough spot there for sure. Jose Miranda, this is a fun one. When you mention this name, oh, I can't wait to get your takes because I love Jose Miranda. I'm, I'm pretty pumped on what he's been doing since the All Star break, hitting 305 with five homers, a stolen base. Like he's playing every day, hitting cleanup most days for the Twins. Um, this is one of the guys that his draft price is going through the roof after this um, in his second half of the season. So, what are your thoughts on Jose Miranda? Because like he's not light, like it's like one hit a game pretty much, but he's been very productive in doing so. Yeah, I will. T- I'm going to protect my back here a little bit. Okay. When I do the cut list, it goes on to Reddit every Sunday, and I say to people, give me names of who you want to cover, and then I'll do my best to cover them. Someone wanted Jose Miranda this week. Okay. I'm not cutting him. I've got no intention of cutting him. I was wondering, I'm tell I was like, what are we doing here? Him. He's, yeah, I say in August, I know. I think the problem is he's, he, he was so hot in June and July. He was hitting, what, 350, 340. Mm-hmm. It was home win sort of every couple of days. He, he was he was on a tear. And then August, his batting average has slipped to 260. Yeah, great. He's also moved up to fourth in the lineup. He's batting clean up for the Twins. He's tallying, what, 12, 15 runs and RBIs this month. There's no reason to drop him. He, he's, in, he's literally included just because I, I Someone asked, and like I said, I'll try and cover as many requests as I can, but I don't see any reason why I'd be dropping Miranda. Even even in August, he's been like a top 20 corner infielder, you know, top 100. I think he's ranked 120th overall uh, as a player in August. So there's there's no reason to be dropping Miranda, especially if anything now, it's better time. He's probably too low rostered. He's you know, moved up as the cleanup hitter, so... Yeah, Miranda's not someone I'd be including unless I was asked to. So don't don't jump on me for saying it. He, he's he's on the cut list, but he's a hold. He's not a cut. Yeah, a couple of things right there. You have some serious guts hanging out in the the Reddit streets. That's always a fun one. I, I love when I post hey. stuff in there. Some of the comments. Oh my goodness! But, they love uh, me in there. This probably says more about me than Reddit, but that, that, that's how we roll. But yeah, it's it's a fun time in there. It's a very interesting time in there yeah. for sure. It's, a, it's some of it's really really good. Some of it's like, are you kidding me right now? But uh, that, that's that's a fun one. I'm glad we're on the same page on Miranda. I was like, I saw that. I'm like, okay, now your justification makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. I understand because I agree with you. He's not rostered enough. Like NFBC leagues he is. But like I do a couple of waiver wire articles a week for Roto Baller, and we use Yahoo. Yeah. And there's for the longest time, it was like 20, 30%. I'm like, guys, he's the cleanup hitter that's crushing baseballs. What are we doing right now? Like, like, I think um, even now he's only 60, 66% roughly rostered yeah. on yahoo as i That's checked crazy. the other day so it's still i say it's too low so he should be going up not down and yeah i say coming back onto that reddit like i said i'll see Jose miranda's included this week i included Jose um one soto early in the season so that's how bad it gets in there but it's literally two weeks running it was one Soto. what i do soto what i said just hold yeah. him no what i do soto he's trash no, just hold him i've yeah. only played three outfielders i don't care you don't have three outfielders best 
cold him and it got to the point i said you know what i'm just going to cover him so i covered him and yeah it was just 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 don't think twice just hold him just don't don't drop him for crying out loud that's amazing i think there was a couple weeks in a row where i had different people on do listener questions and it was juan soto based like what are we doing with juan soto just like you said i'm like are you guys kidding me right now like is this a real question i'm getting trolled i'm getting trolled because yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like you just you don't drop one so like are you gonna yeah. ask me about julio rodriguez next when he started out bad or what, what are we doing here so yeah, yeah it's just, just certain guys unfortunately you just leave them in the lineup or exactly. catch them if you want but i just leave them like you're not cutting them ever cutting no them, so. exactly yeah you live with that one Let's go back to my Giants because they stink. And we'll talk about <laughs> Logan Webb here, who um, actually spun a decent one his last time out, five and two-thirds with seven Ks, no earned. I had no earned against Detroit because they took back that air and gave him no earned runs, thank goodness. But it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Four runs or more in four of his last seven. Strikeouts have been a little better. There was a patch of the season where he couldn't even strike guys out. It's been a really weird year, but still a 2.89 ERA and a 3.38 XFIP isn't horrible. So it's it's been weird with Logan Webb. He's not the Cy Young guy people are hoped for, but I think he's serviceable. So what do you have on Logan Webb? Yeah, I'm I'm still keeping him. I've put in, I, every week I put someone on the hot seat um, just as someone who is higher rostered and is struggling, but isn't someone I'm willing to drop yet. And uh, Webb is on the hot seat this week. But like you said, the, the last few outings he had the. He got blown up by the Dodgers. Um, it was on the back of another bad outing, but he pitched a quality start back to back afterwards. I think he had a shutout against Pittsburgh. I don't think it was a complete game, but it, it was like seven or eight innings. And then, like you said, he, yeah, he unearned run against the Padres yesterday. Uh, Detroit, what, six runs all unearned. So, so he's obviously getting a bit of the Cobb effect where he's just getting unlucky on the Giants, but he's not someone I'm dropping but i'm just keeping a closer eye on him just you know it, it's all well and good saying unearned runs he's, he's been unlucky he's been unlucky but at some point if you're unlucky that often then there's a reason for it so exactly. i'm keeping an eye on him but i'm not dropping him yet uh so he, he's a hold but yeah he's on the hot seat just to just 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 keep a closer eye on him yeah that you nailed it there the cob effect as well it's something i've had I say a lot is like, yes, the analytics, the stats, there's so much awesome stuff, but you watch a game and you learn a lot. Giants defense is horrific. And I caught it would be a bloop here, an air here, and there goes Cobbs out him. Well, that's happening in the web. And the common theme is they're not striking guys out. They're letting the ball get into play, which with that Giants defense is not going to cut it. So you're going to have outings like that, like you said, where it's just like, what just happened? Here we are again. This is painful. But uh, Webb's much better than Cobb. I'm going to say that much. Yeah, so, um, I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, so like I'd, I'd be patient too with you. But it's just it's frustrating because you drafted him hoping for like an ace and Obviously, it has not happened. Like, here's here's just a fun one. Oh, wait, we have them coming up later, but uh, I'll save it for them. Mm. But uh, I, I thought of it now. We'll, we'll we'll compare these two pitchers later in the show when uh, I bring him up. All right, Jerickson Profar. This is a fun one because I've recommended him throughout the season in deeper leagues. He's been productive at times. He really has. He was leading off for the Padres forever. He's been kind of fluctuating now from leadoff in seventh and, and doing that. Month of August, one whole home run, hitting 225, not a steal. There was like some hope he could hit a little power, run a little bit. That's not happening. So it's getting tougher and tougher to roster jerks and profile right now, isn't it? Yeah. He's a classic case of six weeks ago. So back in July, beginning of the month, I'd, I'd say just you know, roster him. There's no problem rostering him. Now we're getting into heading into playoff time for head to head leagues or, you know, you're chasing categories. Profile's main asset is he bats lead off for the Padres. I think he's, benched actually today but he, he regularly hits lead off 
he's going to score runs. But other than that, he's not contributing a great deal. I think his, his walk rate's ridiculously good. So, you know, in on-base leagues or um, points leagues at counter walks, then he, he adds a bit more value. But overall, other than runs, he's not contributing a huge amount. So he's a classic case at this stage of the season. If you need to chase other categories or specific something else uh, and you're fine with runs, dropping him wouldn't be the worst idea because in reality, you're not getting much else out of him other than the runs. If you don't need runs, then why are you still sticking with him and you're losing out somewhere else when you can catch up? So it's, it's a classical situational uh, type name you get at this time of the year. So like I said, six weeks ago, you don't drop him. Now, yeah, I can see a classic case where you need something covered in runs. He's, he's someone that you've got to look at your roster and say, he's the one I can sacrifice. Let's have a little fun then. Um, if you had to pick between the two, would you rather Jerkson Profar or Luis Urias? Uh, I would say Profar just because of the, I know he's not playing today, but the, the playing time, the more reliability, I think, is he, he's someone I'd, I'd rather this stage of the season, someone who at least is playing rather than, you know, starting three or four games a week and getting seven or eight fewer at bats. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just Profar. But again, if, if I'm fine with runs and I need some, you know, bit of power, then stolen bases is someone I'm happy to sacrifice if I can find something else. All right. I got one other one for you then. Let's go with uh, Jerks and Profar or Thyro Estrada. I will say Estrada just on the basis that I think he's got more capability of offering power and speed and he'll still chip in with some runs and RBIs again that profile. It's just runs and not much else. So I'll, I'll give the edge to Estrada. Yep, close, with you. but I'll give Estrada. With you 100% on this one. Now, this one I, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing on the list here because I've been anti Shamanaya for a long time. And <laughs> every once in a while, he throws something out there. I'm just like, okay, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, more often than not, <clears throat> I'm usually right. I'm just can throw it out there. It's rough watching Shamanaya pitch. Uh, he's not overly dominant. So if he's not locating, it isn't going to fool many people. Uh, he's not striking guys out. He's giving up a ton of home runs. It's been brutal. So tell me you're not keeping Shamanaya anymore. No, he's <laughs> he can go. Um, I, I think I covered him actually earlier in the season, and I said hold. He was hold for now, but again, he's not someone I'm, you know, jumping up and down to. You've got to roster him. You've got to roster him. And I said it, it, the frustrating thing was it was a, it was his last outings against the Royals, and he got lit up. And it's like, well, if you can't trust him against the Royals, you know what, what are you doing with him? I think. The outing before was against the Nationals, which you know I think I could throw a complete game shutout against at the moment. So that's great. Yeah, the good outing against them, but everyone else is just not. Just, he's just not doing anything. You know, he's four or five innings. He's not going deep into games. He's given up three, four runs pretty much every time. Yeah, a few strikeouts, but there's just nothing really appealing with Manaya. So yeah, I've got no problem dropping him whatsoever. Yeah, it's been brutal. So it's it's good to hear. Like even the Marlins three starts ago, who are horrific versus left-handed pitching, they got to him in four innings. So yeah. it's just he's not fooling anybody. Unfortunately, I hate, yeah. I hate to be that guy, but uh, he either needs to get his hair even poofier to distract people or do something else. But it's it's not quite working right now. And I do uh, serve a lot of these guys that you know it, it's matchup dependent for so many. So you can put him on your bench and only start him in the good matchups, or to stream him in shallower leagues where he's not going to be rostered. But the reality is when you look at who's got to him who who are you starting him against you know the 
he's 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 getting hit against some pretty trash lineup, so you, you can't trust him at all. So what, what's the point in keeping him around? You go get something else or stream someone, anything really that could sort of help you rather than Manoia. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break to sidetrack here. We'll get back to the list in a minute, but I want to ask you a few questions about yourself. I want to get to know Jamie Steed, and I want the people to get to know Jamie Steed. Um, so obviously, people know over in uh, in. The best way to learn a language, immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Great Britain, England, I guess. Uh, if, excuse me if I'm wrong. Please correct me no. if I use the wrong terminology. <laughs> you are um, so far. I'm just a dumb American. But... Um, <laughs> It's soccer. It's football. Like that's what you guys grow up on. That's like what your deal is. And baseball is a, is not as pop. Like it is more popular now. Obviously, they've got games over there. It's growing. We see all the other accounts that are like. There's a like. I think you guys had a full league last year of 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 uh, English players yeah. over there and stuff, which is awesome to see. But how did you get into baseball? Like, how old were you? Was it a thing like your dad got you into, or how how did that come to be? No, I was about 16, so it was like the turn, about the year 2000, and I remember it was used to be on, I mean, back back then we had five TV channels, and this was lucky enough to have cable, we had five TV channels, one of them carried baseball, uh, which was on about midnight, and then there was like a highlights package for Trans World Sport, which is like a lot of American sports covered in it uh, every week, so there wasn't much access to it, but I watched it, and I it's a completely different sport, but I suppose it's transferable skills with cricket. I used to play quite a lot of cricket. And then when I was 17, I was at college and I picked up softball. They did softball for a term semester. So I played a bit of softball going back. I was watching a little bit more baseball. And then when I was 18, I got a job obviously over here. You can work in bars and drink at 18. So when I was 18, I got a job in a pub and you're getting home at midnight. You got five TV channels. There's not much on, but one of the channels carried baseball at midnight. Uh, so you'd get home and wasn't really going to sleep. So you'd stand up for an hour or two, oh, watch a bit of baseball. So it just sort of built from there. And then over the sort of like the year, two years, it was around the time I think it was the Barry Bonds uh, chase for the home run record as well. So there was a lot going on around that time. So it was sort of getting quite not I wouldn't say it was big at the time in the UK but it was getting a bit of a following and I just happened to sort of like fortunate enough that I was able to watch the games after working and then I just grew the love from there really so I just it just it just took took over a little bit more and more and more and then you got more access to uh baseball it was a bit more like 
internet was obviously a lot more freely available and you being able to get things up online and check the news box scores wasn't really carried in the main press newspapers or anything so it was still tricky to get all the information but there was enough there just to keep you ticking over and then as you get older and older obviously it's easier to find access to certain things on the internet so including baseball so yeah it was uh just grew from there really that's awesome that's a great story yeah because i've always wondered how like I, I knew it wasn't really a, a popular thing over there. Period. Like you said, it wasn't even like really talked about. It was just on a midnight on a, on one channel type deal, and kind of grew from there. So I was wondering how it came to be, and uh, that that's really cool to hear because I've heard different stories from some of these other Twitter accounts when they're on uh, episodes and stuff. So it's, it's fun to see that they talk about growing the game, and Manfred does everything he can in his power to ruin the game of baseball. So like I, I'm curious on how like they're growing the game, and and I guess that's one way to do it. Like you said, and they introduce softball in school, which is cool, and starting to do other things and um yeah that's good to hear is it like how you said it's widely more widely available now because the internet and whatnot is there like is there like an mlb network over there or is there like is there access to stuff now where it's like if you want baseball you can get baseball almost anytime on your tv yeah one of the satellite providers uh carries espn and it's obviously a different variation to what you get in america but it has baseball it has the sunday night games it has three or four other live games during the week i say i i get the mlb uh tv app so i'm lucky and thankfully he can't uh manfred can't black out games in the uk so i've got free to watch all the games at the end of new ones they put on peacock on a sunday which suddenly i can't watch but yeah for the most part i can watch every single game uh awesome. on on that as well so it, it is a lot easier for me to watch them now okay and then um since you started when you were 16, so I won't say how many years ago, but I can do quick math. Um, who's your team? I'm the Yankees. Okay. So it's, I was wondering. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of like our glory supporter, but it's whenever I've taken on a support or anything, I, I, I like the history. I like the, yeah, the, the, the looking back through the records. And like I said, the, the, obviously, there's no team with the grander history, as it were, in the Yankees, especially it was a turn of the centuries. So like 98 99 when i started watching yeah a little bit it was obviously yankees like the dynasty at the time so it was quite easy to follow but i will say it's been obviously since i've started supporting them then then sort of performances have dwindled let's say so i don't know if there's a correlation between that but i'm not taking any <laughs> hits for it so yeah it's uh yankees through and through that's at least one of the better answers I've heard because usually it's like, oh, I just like trophies. I'm, I'm play, like, I'm with the Yankees. I, I'm the Cowboys, the Yankees. And like, like, no, no, see, that doesn't work for me. At least you had like the, the history because you were new to the game, so that makes sense. Like, you're you're into the history of it. I totally respect that. So that makes a lot more sense than you know some people out there. Like one of the best Twitter profiles ever. It was like Yankees, Cowboys, Ohio State football. Like they said this whole list of stuff, and I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. But, uh, I'll guarantee okay. Manchester United would be on there as well because that's yeah, the, that's like the, the, the soccer equivalent, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So cool. Cool. I just want to ask a few questions and, uh, and get yeah. to know how you came to be with the game of baseball because you're very knowledgeable in it, and uh, I, I was curious on how that all that all began for you. Um, let's go back to the bit the list here. And let's start with a fun one. Go to your Yankees. Segue like a professional here for people. Um, Aroldis Chapman. Now, this, like, next thing I'm going to hear is he's going to use Fernando Tatis's hairdresser to fix his ailments on his tattoo. Like, it's ridiculous on what's going on here. But he's on the IL now with, the, like, some infection or something from his tattoo. I don't know if that's why he couldn't throw strikes. Beats me. But how are you approaching this? And how are you approaching the Yankees' bullpen right now? Well, he was covered last week and. I'd already had him down as a drop before this whole 
nonsense. So he, he was dropped us based on performance, and it was quite clear Boone didn't want to use him in the ninth. He was going to Luisiga, he was going to Peralta, he was going to anyone other than Chapman. I think there was like three straight games where the Yankees won by two runs. He didn't even pitch. So immediately it says to me, he's obviously still got no faith in him. So it was a drop. And then with this tattoo thing, I, I had one good person on Reddit that was actually saying, oh, I think it's just a ploy to put him on the IL. You, see, you know, you do that with back spasms. You do that with yeah. like, arm fatigue. You don't make up a story that he got a tattoo that got infected in his knee, you know. Exactly. You know, that's a, an out-of-the-park baseball-type injury or something. You, you don't – They don't. the Yankees weren't going to be that creative with it. So I do believe it's genuine, but I don't know how an infection is going to take to heal. He could be back as soon as available. He might be out to the rest of the season. I really don't know, but he was a drop before that. So – you know, just, even if you got an IL spot, I wouldn't even bother wasting it on him. And the Yankees bullpen, I'm leaning in towards Clay Holmes getting the job back. Uh, I think he was cut a bit too much. It was quite clear. I said even when he got hurt, Chapman wasn't in favour. So I think the Yankees are keen for Holmes to be the guy and they're going to try and get him back into it. So I'd roster him. Outside of him, Peralta's picked up a couple of saves, but I'm not convinced he's going to be much of the guy because he is someone they like to use later on against the lefties or the tougher parts of the lineups. Lysiger's looked a lot better after a really shaky start and being hurt. So he's someone, again, they're, they're two guys that I'd be considering if I was desperate for saves, but I still think between now and the end of the season, as long as he doesn't, go back to his recent self and he performs like he did early in the season. Holmes, Holmes will be the guy. Yeah. I think, I think you're onto something there. Uh, it's depending on how Holmes comes back healthy. Cause I, I love the wise. I talked about on a recent show, how I had him last year, just because late in the season, you know, some of these starters are so bad. I'll take the wise and his, you know, four innings a week and his ratios and his strikeouts, chances of wins might sneak in a save. You never know. So it's enticing, but uh, Holmes on paper has the overall pedigree to close, as you said, and I'm with you on the job dropping the Chapman. Like I was kind of in limbo on him, and especially when Holmes went to the IL, I'm like, okay, this is his chance. And then the second it just disappeared, I'm like, yep, you're done. Like I'm, that was even before he got hurt. I'm like, I'm not even like they didn't they didn't even let him ruin it. They just didn't put him in there. They just yeah. started going to other guys. I'm like, the second they didn't put Chapman in, I'm like, I'm done. That's it. Game yeah. over. So yeah. I mean, I don't know the timeline of when he got his tattoo and when he got infected, but you know. I, I don't care. I'm not interested in him. So yeah, go and get another tattoo while you're on the IL, and hopefully that one comes out a bit better. You know, whatever yeah. he's, he's done for Chat, Chapman is something else. There's, I have a small Chapman story. So it had to be uh, almost ten years ago now, or whatever. He was like his, first, his early times in Cincinnati. I was in town doing some work stuff, and the Giants happened to be in town. So I'm, like, I'm going to the Reds game. I'm checking out Great American Small Park, and we're at one of the bars across the street. And this like red, I think it had to be a Ferrari or a Lambo or something, just comes racing around the ballpark. And it's Chapman late to the ballpark coming into the game, just like flying down the road. And it's just like, and everybody knew it. No one even like batted an eye. Like, I had to roll this. Like, this is what he does. I'm like, goodness gracious. But um, yeah, some things never change. As they no, say. It's, it's lovely. It's amazing how some people live. But yeah, good luck yeah. to him. But yeah, exactly. he's not for me. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, so, Anthony Dominguez, this is, a, this is an interesting one because he was. So darn good there for a while. Things were looking great. He even kept the ball the ball when um, David Robertson was acquired by Philadelphia. It looked like it'd still be Sir Anthony's deal. Obviously, he's hurt now, which puts a big damper on things. But uh, how are you approaching that? Are you just going straight to David Robertson? Are you hoping Dominguez comes back and gets a job? How do you uh, look at that situation? I still see it as 
60, 40, 70, 30 Robinson, uh, Domingue, in, in Robinson's favour when Dominguez is healthy. Uh, the last I heard was Dominguez was clear to throw this week. So assuming he has no setbacks, we, I think he's first eligible to come back this weekend. So you know, maybe early next week he gets activated if there's no issues with the throwing programme. It'll probably go on a, a, a obviously this time of year there's not so much minor league games available to the guys to go and rehab so they might have to just find back in there and he, he's been good so I've got no problems if you've got an IL spot and you've been able to keep Dominguez around I think he will get a few saves between now and the end of the season they haven't been exclusively going to Robinson a couple of times you know he's pitched the eighth inning setting up for Dominguez and they, they've it's always been the tough part of the lineup, so they are doing matchups because I did look into it, and it was like he's facing the four, five, six hitters in the eighth inning, or he's facing the one, two, three hitters in the eighth inning. So there, there is a matchup dependent part of this. But Robertson is the one who will probably get the most saves. But Dominguez, I think, will still chip in with enough to be valuable again, assuming he's healthy. So if you've got an IL spot, put him on there. Forget about it. When he comes back, see how it pans out. Put him in your lineups, but. If you don't have the luxury of a nice aisle spot and you need something else, he is someone you can drop. Because if you're sitting there stashing people, you don't know what you're going to get, if anything, out of them this time of year. And you could be losing out on something else. So, yeah, it's dependent if you've got an aisle roster spot. But I would try and stash him on the aisle if you can. Yeah, it's tough, like you said, to stash him right now. Because if he's not back next week, then it's a whole week. He just sits on your bench where you're going to need that spot this time of year. Everything's valuable. As we talk about time and time again, Right side is is most people's fab dollars are winding down, so you could probably get him on the cheap yeah. the following week if you needed to. Um, but I with you like he's a guy in the Loasiga or Loasiga um, vein where even if he's not saving games, I think he's gonna be so valuable to your team down the stretch. So he is a guy I want to have. The, the Phillies are good; they're competing, so he's gonna get his chances in, in, to to make it happen. But I'm with you 100 percent on that one. Yeah, Josiah Gray. This one's interesting because this is the perfect example of the talents there. We've seen shots of the talent. It's just not consistent. And he loves to give up home runs, even though he likes to strike guys out, like loves to give up. It's the Andrew Heaney of the right-handed side of the, of the mound. This is what he does. Or ironically, both were once Dodgers. One is one isn't anymore. But um, he's such a tough guy for me. It's like he's so hard to roster because you know he's going to get shelled more often than not. But then he spins a gym, strikes out 10, and looks great. And it's like, I know that talent's there. Why isn't it consistent? So how are you approach, approaching Gray? Is it strictly matchup-based, or can you just not trust him anymore? I t- uh, you can't trust him. But again, you know, it's, it's still fun chucking him out there and hoping for the best. So you, you can do that. Uh, it was, for me, if you're desperate for strikeouts and you're happy to take a bit of a paste into your ERA, then, you know, no problem keeping him around and starting him. I mean, just one thing to consider, obviously, this time of year, your ERA in your Roto Leagues is going to move a lot less than it would be in May. So if you, yeah. you know, you're know, sitting there with, oh, I've got a, you know, a narrow ERA lead, it's probably a bit more healthier than it would be you know, two months ago. So if you can afford the ERA hit that he offers um, and you need the strikeouts, yeah, go for it. But my big issue was Gray, and he was a poster child for this time of year, is these teams are going to be skipping young starters quite a lot or phantom IL, you know, or moving them to the bullpen. You know, Gray's last start was skipped. It's, it's that, that could be a common feature for him and a lot of guys over the next few weeks. So it was more of a case of just bear in mind that 
you're, you're sitting there looking at his numbers, thinking I'll get another six, seven starts out of him over the next five weeks. You're probably not. You might only get four or five because these these teams are not contending are going to do this with their guys. So it was a bit bit more of an advert, basically, as well, just to say, you know, just follow the news, monitor what's happening with these young pitchers because they're not going to be starting every time. Hundred percent. Has a couple of really great nuggets there. Obviously, um, the, the starting every time part. But you mentioned a few things, and he also mentioned it earlier with like pro far and runs and stuff like that. Is we're at that time of the year where it's look at where you can gain points and where it doesn't matter if you lose. Like you mentioned, you know your your ERA and WHIP. You know guys can get shelled, and more often than not, it's not going to move a ton if your guys get really shelled often. Well, you got a problem, but if it's just one guy you're counting on. But maybe you can gain a bunch of strikeouts because Gray has that 10K upside compared to a guy throwing four strikeouts or something. So it's what you got to start weighing out right now. Like what's worth it to your roster, what isn't, as you're saying. So. That's a great point. That's why the you know to cut to, or not to cut is kind of a fun, and that's why it's also team by team because some team might not need strikeouts and doesn't want to risk the ratios, where another team just says screw the ratios, I want all the strikeouts. So yeah. it's totally team dependent. You'll see a lot of weird drops and ads like Phil Duchesne was the like he dropped all kinds of guys last year, Degrom, Bueller, and I was like, what are you doing? It's like I didn't need them. Um, Rob yeah. DiPietro did the same thing, and he's like they both did very very well. This is like you got to kind of not worry about other people picking them up if it benefits your team. And yeah, so, so that's what the, the focus has got to be on your team and your team alone. If if someone else benefits a little bit from it, then the likelihood is this is going to move the needle enough for you to really sort of worry about dropping them. So yeah, you, you've got to do what's best for your team. If that means dropping a guy like that, so be it. That's what you do. I can't wait to hear your answer to this one because I have my answer already. But I'm gonna I'm gonna see what you've got, Frankie Montas. I hated him getting traded to the Yankees. Hated it. Despised it. And so far, so good in that this, this, this despised nature. Through five starts, he's thrown 25 and two-thirds, allowed 20 runs. He struck out 20, so that's at least some silver lining in all of this. But it's been brutal. Five home runs. He's just getting shelled. The Angels hit three home runs off of him the other day. The Los Angeles are Angels of Anaheim people. Hit three home runs off of him. It's been brutal, brutal, Jamie. So how are you handling Frankie Montas, who was once a just lock into your lineup starter, and I don't even know if I've used him more than once since he's been traded. I, I did give him a bit of a mulligan when he first joined because obviously he was a bit hurt and he had the, his mother-in-law obviously had passed, so he was on the bereavement list for a little bit. And then he, he came back and was on the pitch count, and it was a, you know, I, this is one of the points I try and make that it's not quantifiable. And obviously in fantasy and in baseball, we, we love numbers, but you know, up in sticks and moving across country from Oakland to New York. You've got the bright lights, obviously, you know, the Bronx. And it, it is a it does play a factor into it. He was going through personal issues. So, you know, you can't quantify it. There isn't a number you can put on these things, but it does impact and it does play a part in the season. So I was willing to give him a bit of a leeway, a bit of time. He's, I said the last couple of outings has been a bit better. Um, so... I'm still optimistic he can't. He's not going to be top twenty, top thirty starting pitcher, but he can still have a decent run sort of through September. But I'm going to put a little tinfoil cap on here, a bit of a conspiracy type theory stuff. It's been noticeable. The main when I was digging the numbers, they the Yankees have got him throwing his splitter a lot more, and they've got him throwing his sinker less. Now, I believe there's been a change through the Yankees. In the summer, in June, July, they were so far ahead that a lot of their pitchers changed their arsenal quite a bit and they're not throwing their best pitches as often. And I think it's because they're trying to save it for the postseason. So opposing teams have less of a scouting report on it or they haven't 
opposing batters are going to be facing a lot. I haven't seen it at best stuff as often because there's a there was a definite change in how a lot of Garrett Cole tie on Montgomery before he got traded. Cortez, there's been a change in there how often they're throwing certain pitches. And I think it's the same with Montas. I think they're trying to get something out of him or working on something with a view of you throw your best pitch less. So when it comes to the postseason, you've still got it. And pitchers, uh, opposing hitters aren't as au fait with it. I haven't seen it as often. You've got a big run through the Rays, the, the Blue Jays coming up, the teams they could be potentially playing in in, in the postseason. And I, I, I've, I've tin four cap on, again, it's nothing I've seen, nothing I've read, just looking at the numbers. I've got a feeling this is what the Yankees that they've literally planned the last two months as a for the postseason. They've just they're not even a lock to win the, the division yet. I'm still not convinced they're not going to get caught by the Blue Jays, quite frankly. But I, I I think there's been a directional change that everything we're doing now is for the postseason and the regular season just you know, just bundle our way through it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. That is an, an actual legit theory. I'm concerned. The one thing is uh, kind of going with what you were saying. If I do want to be patient, because I'm really close to just pulling the pen. Um, and I agree that early starts, I was thinking, okay, yeah, his, his mother-in-law his the move. I, I was on board with you on that. I was like, yes. Okay. And I was just like, I haven't seen anything, but while you were talking, I was looking at his stats some more and he's got six K's in both of his last two starts. That's much better than usual. So that means something's starting to pop. Like he's starting to get some feedback. Maybe he's getting healthier. It's tough. Like the, the the schedule's not easy. The Red Sox are, are a lot more of a walk in the park than they once were. But like the Orioles, Kapeski, the Rays, the Jays, you know, you're gonna see a lot of them in September. It's just the way that the, the schedule goes. So it's tricky. So that'll lead me to my question I had earlier, because the gentleman I was thinking of. Would you rather go with Frankie Montas or Logan Webb the rest of the season? I would say Webb because I think he's safer. But if I'm chasing and I need to Catch up. I need to, you know, throw a dart, a dart ball and hope for the best. I'd probably take Montas, but I think nine times out of ten, I'm taking Logan Webb. Okay, I'm with you there too. Um, and then just for some trivia here, the bottom of the ninth just started in San Francisco. The Giants are down one. Do you guess? Do you want to guess who came in to close? For the Padres, I will. I'll say Garcia, but I think he's pitched quite a lot recently. So Josh Hader's on the mound right now. And there's a runner on second with one out. <laughs> so here we go. I oh, just I Lord. looked up and I saw that. I was like, oh, here we go oh, again. See, but, now part of me sitting there thinking, I hope he gets shelter. I don't have to completely change tact on my article. But then I don't like could, seeing could, guys could, suffering. So, you know. <laughs> it, it could have been because there's a bunch of lefties coming up for the Giants right now. So oh, yeah. Have to see how it goes. Uh, Luis Garcia. This is another fun one. And, you know, when you wrote about this last week, Justin Verlander still had a full calf in place. Um, <laughs> now it's uh, things have changed a bit when it comes to yeah. Luis Garcia. And I love fan graphs. I have to, like, guess which one am I doing here. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming we're, we're, we're talking about the Houston pitcher, Luis Garcia. Yes. yes and because uh, I remember that from the article. I did pay attention there. Um, he's been interesting. The, I loved him in the early in draft season. I've seen, like, draft and holds because he's got great strikeout stuff. Like really good strikeout stuff, but you didn't know his, his role. You didn't know how long he'd go into games. He's given up at least three runs in um, six straight starts. So that's not ideal because they're not quality starts. He goes five, six. He's got like two quality starts there, but he's got almost five or more Ks in each start. So it's kind of a yin and a yang. Like, what, what do you need here? So how are you approaching Luis Garcia, who now looks like he might be slotted back into the rotation regularly? Him and Javier look pretty much locked in while Verlander's out. Yeah, I was 
I didn't know what direction they was going to go into because, like I said, we, we saw Javier move back to the bullpen and then the Astros said we're going to get him back starting again. Everyone assumed that would be Garcia, the odd man out then because he's the one who's got the highest ERA and he's not pitched that well recently. But then Astros came out and said, no, Garcia is on our plans. It was a complete mess and I'm, I'm not glad, obviously, Verlander got hurt, but I'm glad we've got a little bit of clarity on the situation. Looks like Garcia is going to pitch through and like you say it's, it's been a rough run I think he's given what six straight starts where he's given up three or four runs yeah, yeah. but he's yeah. won his last three he's, he's only going five innings and the Astros had a bit of a cold spell offensively recently but they're still picking up the wins for him he's, he's striking out enough to be decent so he's he's not as bad as someone like Josiah Gray but he's going to not exactly hurt not damage your ERA but he's not going to help in that respect but you know, as long as he's pitching for the Astros, he's going to pick up wins. He's chipping enough strikeouts to matter, and he looks like he's going to be sticking in the rotation. So, I do expect a little bit of tinkering with because they've still got quite a young rotation. Guys like uh, Valdez who's going deeper, and he, he, he's in uncharted territory in terms of his innings. Garcia, someone as well. So, I can see a little bit of tinkering with their rotation in the coming weeks and skipping starts or. You know, bringing up guys in such a healthy position in the division in the postseason race, so they can afford to do it. So I'm keeping Garcia, but again, he's not a must roster. It's shallower leagues. You know, it's a case to drop him, but for the most part, I'm, I'm holding Pat with him. Josh Hader gets the save. Look at that. Mm. Miracles do happen. Um, thank you, Giants. Uh, you mentioned Framber, <laughs> you mentioned Framber Valdez, 22 straight quality starts, which is just ridiculous what he's doing out there. But uh, we'll keep doing this would-you-rather game because this is what makes this fun to me. If you put the roster one guy, Luis Garcia or Frankie Montas? See, I'm... If the Yankees' offense was anywhere like they were at the start of the season, I'd say the Yan- uh, Montas because you know the wins will be there. But they've been so inept offensively for weeks now. I, I'd probably take Garcia because he's got more chance of getting wins um, he's got. A, I think he's got a slightly higher floor. Montas has got the ability to get shelled where Garcia. You know, he's you know, he's been giving up three or four runs, but he's not been putting up a 12-15 ERA in some of his starts. So, slight edge to Garcia, but I'm not overly comfortable about that. Yeah, and probably a better schedule just off the top of my head with the AOS that uh, yeah. going to help a ton as well. Um, what about Garcia and Logan Webb? Uh, Logan Webb for me again. again I think his floor is too much. Yeah, so we're still Logan Webb believers. Okay, that's good. Good. A <laughs> um, couple more to go here. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. This is a guy that I drafted everywhere, and I don't think I've cut many places, and I maybe should based on what's going on with my team. But he's hitting 292 on the season. Problem is five homers and three stolen bases. Does have 50 runs scored. Like, it's good and bad with Lourdes Gurriel. It really is. Like, he's not been dreadful, but the lack of power is really not what you were hoping for in this scenario. So how are you approaching Gurriel? Because – that average at, in this era of baseball is tremendous, so yeah. it's real tricky. Well, there's got to be an APB out for his power because I've got no idea where it's gone to. It's just literally fallen off a cliff. Whether he's traded it in for more contact, yeah, I don't know. But the reality is he's hitting third or leading yeah. off sometimes for the Blue Jays. So in any offense, if you're, if you're hitting third or first, you've got you're going to have some sort of fancy value. Like I said his his runs and RBIs have gone up since the move he's you know, he's got 50 of each he's got a good batting average so he's again someone needs a 
bit more he's situational like profile, but I think because of the runs and the RBIs and the batting average, he's got a bit more uh, value across the board. But again, if if you're in a, a league where you're desperate for power and speed and you know, runs and RBIs, you're pretty much set. Then yeah, you can look to sacrificing for someone off the waivers. But he's someone I'm I'm holding on to still. So, as long as he stays in the, the prime spots of the lineup, then his, his value is going to remain quite solid, and he's, he's got a pretty decent fantasy floor from that. Yeah, and he's a guy I'm going to target again next year because it's he's got like a four percent barrel rate, but a forty five percent hard hit rate. So he's just like literally, it's just a slight tweak could turn into a whole nother. Like you increase that barrel rate another six or seven percent or something, and we could have quite the season going on. So he he still intrigues me quite a bit in that lineup. I mean, we all know he's going to hit seven or eight home runs in spring and be the leader in it, and then he's not going to hit his first home run until like May 29th, and then we're going to say, "What the hell are we doing again?" So yeah, I'm on board with that, but I'm, yep. I'm prepared to get hurt again. That's what we do. That's what we do. Right now. <laughs> we're on the same page here. Yep. It's, it's a fun game we play, even though we know we're doing the wrong thing. It's like, oh, shiny object. Yes. Exactly. Yes. 100%. Uh, Brandon Lowe, we don't have to really talk much about because he's on the IL now, but he's struggling tremendously. Was he a cut for you before the injury? Hey, he was borderline. Yeah. And then uh, actually, I say when, as I was publishing the article, I think that's when he got hit by Waka, I think, wasn't it? Who hit him on the elbow. Um, he wasn't on the IL initially, but. You know, a few days later, it's obviously not healed and he's back on the IL. But he was someone I was borderline dropping because he found himself in a platoon with Yu Chang. And again, nothing against Chang, but what what frustrated me is that his numbers against lefties was worse than Brandon Lau's. Yet yeah. he was in a platoon because he's a better defender. And it's like, well, yeah, great. I'm not going to question you know the raise when it comes to you know moves and how they construct their roster because they're, they're a lot smarter than me but it was just frustrating that he, his, his numbers against lefties was actually pretty good this year a small sample but he actually was hitting them better i think if i remember the top of my head his splits were better a lot better than last year and probably better than varieties this year so it was frustrating that he was getting platooned quite a bit but he was borderline before this injury. This injury now again. If you've got a spare IL spot, chuck him on there. You've got nothing to lose. I don't know if he's going to be back this season. I imagine he probably will be towards the end. So you're not missing out anything if you put him on your IL. But if you haven't got the spare IL spot, you've got someone else more valuable that you know you're probably going to need. If you have to use it for Verlander, McClanahan, someone like that, then yeah, I've got, I've got no problem dropping low now. Yeah, he's probably a drop for me, like you said, especially with like McClanahan guy. That's a whole other conundrum right now. Um, but they they called it Vidal Brujan, and I just want to bring him up for just a second. Like with the, with the Rays this year, two homers, four steals, only hit one sixty seven. But throughout the minors, he's always showcased a little power, a ton of speed, and usually a decent batting average. And he's you'd imagine he'll platoon with Yu Chang, which like I agree. <laughs> Actually, he's a switch hitter, so like arguing that platoon is. Is going to be pretty comical, actually. I don't get it, yeah. <laughs> but um, let me, I'm trying to, there we go, I pulled it up. Uh, since he was sent back down in uh, July 17th, I want to see his minor league numbers to see if it's been any improvements on what we've seen. So right before the All-Star break, yeah, back in the minors, 302 with four homers and nine stolen bases. He was caught five times, but uh, he's running again and hitting for an average. Does he have any interest to you, or is it just like, you know, he's probably going to platoon, and it's just going to be a headache? Uh, deeper leagues, if you need steals, then you know the upside's there. But like he wasn't getting on base enough to run, and he, you know, still, I've said it numerous times: stealing bases in the minors is a completely different kettle of fish to stealing bases in the majors. So, you know, yeah, you see guys who still thirty runs, uh, thirty bases in AAA come up, and then they're like two for seven to start the, the, the season in the majors because they're just getting 
picked off or they're getting too antsy, whatever it is. I, I, if, I'm, if I need a steals and I'm desperate, yeah, why not go for it? But other than that, I'm not really looking at Bruhan this year. Long-term, of course, dynasty, yeah, but redraft leagues, no, he's bottom of my priority list. Yeah, you're getting cheap this week because everyone's going to want Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll. So have fun. Yes. You'll, get them, you'll get them nice and cheap if you want them, but I'd rather have the other two also. Yeah. Um, CJ Cron, this is a good one. I believe this is one of your Reddit requests. Yeah. Um, hitting 271, 28 homers, 86 RBIs. Great numbers. The home road splits are a little rough if people dig into it. It's tough to roster him when he's on the road, but uh, how do you approach CJ Cron? Yeah, it, it was mainly because. At the time, I think they've got 13 home games and 20 road games left. So on the road, he's a below average hitter. So it's like, well, if you've got daily roster moves or if their schedules, like if they've got seven home games in a week, six home games in a week, then yeah, keep him. He, he could have a monster week that could make the difference. But if you haven't got that luxury, if you're sitting there, you've got other options available. Obviously, the likelihood is he might not be your first baseman. He's going to be a corner infielder. If you've got someone else and he's going to be sitting on the bench because he has got a tough schedule, he's got road games, then if you need something else, then, yeah, drop him because what's the point? It's just sitting on your bench for three of the last four weeks of the season. So he's a, he is match-up dependent. He's, he's still he's not dreadful on the road. I'll put that out there. But he's I say he's a blow average. I think his WRC plus is like 86, 87 on the road this year. So for the most part, he has been a blow average hitter. So I've got no problem dropping him. But it's a case, again, it's, it's, it's very specific to your league and what you need and what you do. He, he offers power, but again, if you're set for home runs, you don't really need the RBIs. You, you're not going to be starting him on the road. So, yeah, just drop him, pick something else up that helps. But I'm not condoning just flat out dropping him. It's, it is completely dependent on your league and situation. 100%. It's a, it's a tricky one. And uh, like those NFBC bi-weekly leagues or weekly leagues that you have, that, that makes it a little trickier. But daily leagues... Just get another first baseman. Keep him while you can and go in and out if you can. So yeah. that, that's what I would do as well. Uh, Carlos Correa hitting 274 on the earth, 15 home runs since August 1st, 295 with two home runs. It's like he's not crushing you, but he's not giving you everything you'd want probably. So how are you looking at Carlos Correa? It's hard to drop him, but it is a deep shortstop position if you're feeling frisky. Yeah, I, I put him down. He's, he's someone that I... It's a case of that, yeah, he's no, nowhere near his ADP value. He's he's not come close to you know, paying back what you paid for him in draft, but he's still not someone I'd be dropping because he's not been that bad that he's hurting you. Uh, the Twins' offense has not been as good as I was hoping at the start of the year, which helps with the lack of runs and RBIs. He, you know, he missed, what, about a month uh, with an injury early in the season. So it's, it's been a bit of a spluttered start in his Twins career, which apparently is only going to be one year anyway, so see what happens in future. But yeah, he's not someone I'm dropping, but again, he's not someone I'm so enamoured with that he's. I, I'm not dropping him at all. He's you know must must roster, but yeah, I, I doubt there's going to be much. Even I'd say in the, the deepest shortstop position, there's, there's not going to be a huge deal. I think there's going to be someone who's changing the needle more so than Correa could. And I said, if he's going to opt out that contract, he's he's going to want to have to do something in September. So you know, True. if he's going to if he's planning for the money, then now's the time to show it. So we will see what happens. But I'm I'm not sure he's going to be brilliant. He's not going to be a top ten shortstop, but he's still serviceable for me. Right. I'm agree with you on that one. And his last name, I was really happy to see put on the list here because I've been kind of writing about in different articles I've had and pounding the drum on podcasts. Trent Grisham's better than people give him credit for. 
Sure, his average is not great since the All Star break, though. He's hitting 210, not ideal. But what I do want to point out, even you know, Saris mentioned it when he interviewed him in the locker room, uh, I believe it was Tuesday night in San Francisco, is his power numbers have been much better. And I agree, seven home runs since the break, one stolen base. But what I love to see is a 260 ISO, which is a great power number. You know, the OPS 789 is not great, 122 WRC plus is pretty good. So he's been much better producing runs, RBIs, and power since the All-Star break. Batting average is still a killer, but depending on your team needs, Jamie, this is an interesting position to be in. How do you approach Trent Grisham? I was fine dropping him in shallower leagues, uh, but again, I said if, if you need the power, he, he's still showing enough pop. Um, I don't know if he's just thought, you know, I'm batting sub 200, sod it, I'm just going to swing for the fences and, you know, he's unlocked a little bit of something, I don't know, but you know, he's, he's found himself in a platoon with Jose, as try and pronounce it, as as Azuka, as 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 Azuka, I, yeah, I, I don't even know. Azucar, maybe. Yeah, apologies if you're listening, Jose. You know, let me know what your pronunciation is. But if he's he's, he's batting ninth and in a platoon with someone that I can't even pronounce their name of, uh, that 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 doesn't really. Again, it says probably more about me than anything else. But he's not someone I'm. Yeah, you've got to keep him around. Again, deeper leagues, if you need power, he's still that Padres lineup. They can still chip in with some runs and RBIs, hitting ninth in daily roster leagues where you can bench him when they're on against a lefty great he's a bit more valuable but he's not someone i'm so enamored with that you've got to keep him around at this stage he's someone i'm comfortable if you say yeah enough's enough i'm just going to drop him yeah i'm 100 percent on board with you on that in deeper leagues much more viable shower leagues is tough it's very tough especially platooning uh, but if you do need power, there is some appeal there, especially, you know, we talk about looking at uh, schedules. If you see, you know, five, six right-handed p- pitchers coming up for the Padres, then, you know, get your uh, get your Grisham. If they see you're going to play the Giants, get your Grisham. Like, it's just the things you want to do because uh, you can take advantage of this down the stretch. Maybe there's a Coors series on tap down the way. Uh, there's there's definitely some upside to be had yeah. there. Uh, the platoon makes no sense to me because he actually hits lefties pretty well in his career. So that's just sometimes like Jamie, we talked about the Rays and some others. I think some of these guys just overdo the analytics. Mm-hmm. Like they they just see lefty righty done. Like they don't understand some of these guys actually can hit him. And some of these yeah. guys haven't had a chance to hit him, so they don't know if they can hit him. So it's it's a, it's an interesting game they play sometimes. Yeah, I think that sometimes they do try and outsmart themselves. So again, you know, I'm I'm not someone who's gonna comment on someone's intellects, but you know, good luck to him if it works out for him. Trust me, I get to watch Gabe Kapler every day, so I'll challenge and elect all I want. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff there. But uh, that does it for us, Jamie. This was an absolute blast. Uh, before we head on out of here, if you got anything else you want to bring up, or if you want to plug away your rotoballer content and whatnot, uh, the floor is yours. No, I say yeah, just check out uh, every Sunday morning. The cut list goes out on Rotoballer. I'll, I'll tweet it out with. Uh, the, the links and everything can in if you're that way inclined it's on the fantasy baseball subreddit every sunday it gets posted on there drop your names in the f- comment section and i'll either answer a couple of questions about it every sunday i'll pop on there or i'll include them in the, the following week so if there is anyone specific reach out to me on twitter go over to this reddit and subreddit i think for the most part my reddit experience has been positive some people do ask me to include people that I've literally submitted the article about and it's their photo that's the main part of the article and they ask me about them. So don't do that. But yeah, if you if you if you've got anyone that you want me to include over the next few weeks, this week is covered, but next week drop me the the Twitter or the subreddit and then I'll, I'll do my best to include them every week. 
All right. So what's the realistic expectations for Arsenal this year? Realistic is top four, third, second place, the way Liverpool have scuffled along. I think third place is probably realistic. Uh, and maybe a cup run, Europa League, FA Cup, probably most realistic. So they're only up a bit more positive than I have been the last few years. So a uh, bit more optimistic, but I'm still tempering the expectations. I'm unbeaten, five wins in five, top of the table. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my feet on the ground. There's a long way to go. And, Love you it. know, we've got the World Cup coming up, obviously, in November, which is going to throw a bit of a wrinkle in the season. But it's good, yeah. good times ahead. Yeah, lots of good times ahead. we got all kinds of sports coming up, all kinds of fun stuff, and more importantly, an awesome follow on Twitter and a great guest here. So make sure you check him out on Twitter at baseball underscore Jimbo. Jamie, I appreciate you joining me. I can't wait to do this again sometime. But it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Bubba. Thank you very much. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 504. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>